And Aaron said something about the Hindu superheroes. I don't know. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. He is very excited to talk about it. Well, you know, if he was that excited, he just showed up. Exactly. Tim and Wayne. This is Polly. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Was that acceptable? I think I think we should have let Tim do it. Ah, uh, let's do okay, Tim, go ahead. Try it. Hello and welcome to Funny Books with Timmy, Polly, Wayne, and a mime. I'm Timmy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> this Polly. is Wayne. Wait. Oh, wait, I go last now? This is bullshit. Wait, hold on. Thank you, Mime. Alright. So how you felt doing <laughs> it? We're gonna keep both those in, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is to show what happens when Aaron's not here. Yeah. Aaron right. is uh, taking his wife fishing this morning, which seems like a very Texas thing to do. Well, he says yeah, I, they're fishing, but I think she's wearing cement shoes, Paul. So I have I have concerns about Mrs. Head. Ah, she's sleeping with the fishes. It's, it's probably what he meant. Yeah, maybe. You know, just for the hell of it, because it abuses me, we should record a third intro. Just so we've all done an intro to make Aaron edit them all together. Oh, and do it's one gonna be like Nancy with the stars, and then next week somebody gets voted off of doing intros forever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got mine ready. Welcome to Funny Books with Wayne and a bunch of other people. I'm Wayne. I'm Paul. I'm another person. <laughs> You're getting voted off, Wayne. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> least- I like how Wayne made a fishing joke because he just just for the halibut. <laughs> Uh, this is off the rails. <laughs> so we yeah. have no guide pose. Oh my god! So yeah, well, like uh, like we stated, Aaron is uh, is out fishing or sleeping with the fishes or something to that effect. Um, well deserved vacation after working like seven hundred hours this week. None of which blow. was editing, by the way. No, no. <laughs> His job is getting in the way of this podcast, Paul. This is bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. You got to do something. Pull some strings. I'll see what I can do. Get that man a nap. He should be more like you, Paul, and just drop the work and take trips to play video games. Yeah, that that sounds about right. I took Wednesday off to drive up to uh, Tyson's Corner near D.C. They were having an Uncharted 3 video game event at the uh, movie theater up there uh, where you could play Uncharted 3 on the big screen, like the, you know, a movie screen in 3D. Um, and there were going to be free giveaways, and some of the uh, creators of the game were going to be there. So I was I was very interested. You know, I, I got there um, about an hour early. And I was like, oh, when are you seating? They're like, oh, we've been seating for like two hours. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> okay. So it was sold out. And so, you know, I walk in, and they have like a little area for taking pictures. And then there are these row of tables. And so they give you like a little gift bag. And the little gift bag has like an uncharted backpack, uh a diary and like a whole bunch of giveaways, like a, like a leather wristband, like a uh, Drake wears in the game. And then I get to the last table and they said, you're on team Fleetfoot. It's like, excuse me, you're on team Fleetfoot. 
It's like, what are you what are you talking about? Well, apparently, I had signed myself up for a uh, a multiplayer tournament <laughs> uh, that I was unprepared for. So, you know, I walk in and they have Uncharted playing on the big screen, and they have twenty playstations set up at the bottom uh in front of the screen uh all with little mo- all with monitors of their own for multiplayer tournaments and i was like oh my god i actually signed up for multiplayer and i suck at multiplayer tim can attest to this true this fact is, yeah i i don't really you know i don't play against other people i just do like the survival mode or co-op <laughs> or co-op because the computer's not going to make fun of me no I, I did okay i made it halfway through the tournament i didn't win the tournament which you know, once I once I beat the first round, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm better than I thought. And once I got to the second round, I realized I was not. See, I was hoping <laughs> you would say you got you would get Claudia Black's phone number out of this because she's one of the she's one of the voices on the. Oh, I know she wasn't there though. Damn I heard it. her voice. Nice. <laughs> but no, it was a good time. I'm really glad I went. I'm really looking forward to Uncharted. It comes out, I think, next week. It's like the one game this year I'm actually buying and paying full price for because yeah, I want would, it when it comes out. That might happen. What too. about Arkham City? I did not buy Arkham City. But the first one I got for Christmas. Like, I waited for the first one, too. So I figured I'll wait for the second one. Did you guys get Arkham City? I'm on the fence about it. I mean, I'm excited about it. I want to play it. But the first one, I just rented and I beat in three days. So I've heard this one has a lot more content in it. So I don't think that I could, you know, do the same thing, which is why I'm thinking about going ahead and buying it. But I haven't yet. I usually wait until the prices drop. As an example, I just bought Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions mm. right when the new Spider-Man game was coming out because it dropped down to 20 bucks. Here's the thing about Arkham City. I'm thinking Arkham City is probably not much longer than the first one. You know, But the first one had all this added content if you wanted to search the Riddler's challenges and the, the Ghost of Arkham or whatever it is. And I hear there's a lot of that in part two. But, I mean, the story itself is probably the same length yeah. of time. I've, I've heard it's a lot more open world like Grand Theft Auto. So you're probably going to have more if you're going to mess around with that kind of stuff but i'm kind of waiting for the guys at way of the game to spend their 60 bucks to complain about it before i worry yeah. about that that and i'm probably only going to get one game this year so it's i think it's going to be uncharted 3 yeah i mean uncharted pretty much going to win over anything else yeah. <laughs> i mean i don't get me wrong i loved arkham asylum i've been really looking forward to arkham city i'm going to continue looking forward to arkham city until the price drops I just, you know, it, like you said, it's probably a four-hour game or whatever. So there's certain uh, celebrities that I'll listen or re- read uh, read the dictionary. Claudia Black is one of those people. <laughs> I, uh, agreed, agreed. I, I thought you were going to say like Jones, Mark Hamill or something. I'm Patrick like, Stewart, yeah. No, not Mark Hamill. But what about Rob Liefeld? No, because every I just imagine anybody he talks about tipping over because they can't support their weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have a lot more books of small, tiny little feet when Extreme Studios comes back in 2012. Uh, it was announced at New York Comic Con last week, and the news was so uninteresting, we focused on Extreme and not any of the other news items, apparently. That's extreme. <laughs> and uh, apparently it features the, the first four books, or five books, will be Youngblood, Prophet, Supreme, Bloodstrike, and Glory. And so online on Comixology or through ImageComics.com, there is a free preview book of the, the books. Some of them look like entire reboots. Some of them look like continuations of previous stories. So Tim had no interest in them. But, well, uh, I, I do want to say something, because yes. the, the press release mentioned that uh, one of the most requested items was the person finishing the Supreme book. Mm-hmm. Was it Alan Davis? Elmore. Elmore. So I I can't imagine these guys like writing in years and years later about this book. Have you guys read this book? 
Yes, I loved Supreme. Okay. It was the only one of the, the titles that they're bringing back that I thought was good. I hated Bloodstrike, Youngblood, all of the others that they're bringing back. But Supreme, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's kind of a Superman-type character, only he has a completely different personality than Superman. And the idea of Alan Moore and Eric Larson running with the book, I'm going to give this one a shot. But I'm not touching any of the others with Paul's money. You know what's sad is I loved Prophet. The, the character Prophet, I was very interested in Prophet. The book didn't make much sense. But, you know, that was back in the Stephen Platt days. I don't know if you guys remember Stephen Platt. Yeah, and it was an interesting concept. It just, the book wasn't any good. Yeah, it was an interesting concept. I mean, you know, it was written by Rob Liefeld, so whatever you can get out of that. I was never really interested in Glory. She was kind of like Wonder Woman. Bloodstrike was like Cable and Youngblood, you know, that was just the big selling book back then. But... You know, the, what's sad is Prophet seems like an entire reboot. And uh, if you look at the preview, I just have no interest in this new version of Prophet. The art's weird, and I don't know, it, it looks more like a Vertigo book. And then you get to Glory, and Glory looks like she's overweight in her preview art. It, 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 <laughs> I mean, seriously, she's, she's, a, she's a chunker. So I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to go for any of these, which is sad, because, you know, I did collect these books back in the day. I have a box right behind me of all the Extreme Studios stuff from its image run and before it went over to uh, whatever other company it went to, uh, Avatar, I think. Well, but, have no fear, people, because I'm sure at one point in the weekly uh, cycle that is our, our bloodletting of pick, letting someone else <laughs> pick comic books, somebody will pick one of these. This is a good so point. We'll, we'll probably review one of these guys, if nothing else, just but, because we hate each other. Yep, I'll save up uh, Supreme number one for my choice when it comes around. Fantastic. Oh, bloody See, hell. Right there. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Hey! It can't be any worse than fear itself, let me tell you. Because, uh, thank God, Fear Itself is finally over. Fear Itself number 7 came out this week, as did a plethora of the concluding chapters of all the tie-ins. Now, now hold on, Paul. Have you have you been secretly reading this whole thing? I haven't been secretly reading it. I've actually been reading it. Mm. And I had fully stopped, but Aaron's like, no, I'm going to see it through to the end. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'll go ahead and keep buying it so we, so we can talk about it on the podcast. But we didn't talk about it. Well... Didn't we? I thought we talked about issue six. We talked about it a little bit. We talked about issue six, but we we dropped all the other conversation about it. Well, true. Well, I've only been buying the main title, right? All right, Paul. I I bought Fear Itself number seven, which, let me tell you, pissed me off because it's a $4.99 book, which I didn't realize until it had been rung in. And Fear Itself ended much like it began. Shitty. Um, (laughs) The art was gorgeous. I mean, probably the best art of Stuart Amonin's career. But the story was just horrible, 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 horrible. And the emotional – and they, they have this emotional ending, right, where you know the, the whole thing was that the, pro, the prophecy was that Thor would defeat the serpent, take nine steps, and die. So Thor – you know, the ending gives you the impression that Thor is dead. But you may have noticed there has been no media coverage at all because no one – believes it i'm guessing <laughs> not only that if you look at solicits thor is in his own book in you know in, in a month or two so you know the way he's taking a little nap or something the way straczynski brought thor back i have a hard time believing thor is ever dead because it's so easy to bring him back from the dead now oh paul he's gonna bring him back like loki it'll be little thor little thor and little thor and little loki 
I'd buy that book, except if it was written by Matt Fraction. Well, they used to have Young Young Thor or whatever, and then all of the like. So you'd have Sif was younger, and Balder was younger, and I loved those books. Well, and that's kind of why I like little Loki. But Thor with high school angst. <laughs> I, I don't think that's sort going of. to happen, unfortunately. It's, it's a spoiler. Little Thor had daddy issues, just like real Thor. <laughs> you know. I am so excited that this issue of Fear Itself came out because it's now that it's over, we can move on with our stories and not have all these tie-ins. Avengers Academy has still been good through Fear Itself. It's been good despite being tied into Fear Itself. So I can't wait to have a Avengers Academy issue that isn't connected to Fear Itself anymore because well, it's got to be just that much better. So here's my thing about Fear Itself. So Fear Itself ends with Odin taking the body of the serpent to space Asgard and moving all the Asgardians back to Earth and then blocking it off, blocking off space Asgard. So basically we're back to the status quo we had during the JMS run. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to see Odin put the serpent in a torpedo to it and shoot him off like Star Trek. So we spent how many, so we spent a year pretty much, you know, trying to get the Asgardians back in space Asgard just to put them back on Earth. You want to know what that says, Paul? That says that after all this time, they still can't tell a better story with Thor than JMS did. Apparently. Fear itself, progressing storylines back to 2009. Yeah. Uh, You know, so then they have all these previews at the end. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings, the the Return of the King movie, Mm -hmm. where there are six endings. And you're like, (laughs) when is this fucking book going to end? Because the the story ends, and then they have a preview of all these other things coming up. Apparently there's the Fearless miniseries, and then it has a preview of Incredible Hulk. Then it has a preview of something called Battle Scars, and then it has a preview of the upcoming The Defenders book, which I was excited about because I, I like the team. But it is written by Matt Fraction, so I'm not going to buy it. How did, uh, how did Incredible Hulk look, by the way? Uh, you know what? It, the art was not by Silvestri. What? It, not in the preview, anyway. Oh. Which is sad, because it's only a four-page preview, but whatever. Then they have a pr- they, then they have a two-page spread saying, it's coming, and it's a picture of the Phoenix. Oh, I know. Fuck. Now and, and and here's the team on it: Jason Aaron, Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, Olivier Copiel, Matt Fraction, Jonathan Hickman. I'm assuming Adam Kubert and John Romita Jr. So they're I guess they're bringing out like all the architects for the Phoenix to return, and uh, I couldn't be less interested. Despite the great, the stellar creative team on it, I just I have no interest in seeing the Phoenix return. You know, I saw a couple months ago in a at the comic shop an ad for a future Iron Man story where he was going to be doing some sort of time travel and running into the Phoenix. So I'm wondering if this is the same thing. Mm, it's possible. And then, just to rub it in a little more, they say Fear Itself, 7.1, 7.2, and 7.3. Apparently there are three more issues of Fear Itself. One following Captain America, one following Thor, one following Iron Man. And uh, I will not be buying those. I am done with Fear Itself. Done, done, done. Done, done, done. <laughs> well, except, except for... Well, except for Journey into Mystery number 629, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Will Sportasio, and Doug Braithwaite. Tim, you're still reading this book, right? I am still reading this book. What did you think of issue 629? I, I thought it was a good, a, a good companion piece to a larger story that I wasn't reading. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I loved Lo- young Loki, and I have no idea if this actually ties into Fear Itself 7, but how he used the, the pen of the shadow sword to write in a little a little niche in the armor of the serpent. How he penned that, he kind of penned Leah into that history, basically. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not explicitly mentioned at all in Fear Itself number seven, but this actually adds to that experience. If anything, it makes Fear Itself number seven a little better. Uh, and actually, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Fear Itself. In fact, I enjoyed every issue of Journey into Mystery, Fear Itself tie-in, more than I enjoyed Journey into Mystery itself. Let's face it, Paul. Was there anything you didn't enjoy more than Fear Itself? Uh, it, it really is the, the dentist. <laughs> it's a pretty low bar to hit. Well, we haven't gotten to Red Hood and the Outlaws yet, so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you calm down. <laughs> no, Journey into Mystery, you know, uh, we I can't say it enough. This book is just awesome, awesome, awesome. The writing on the and unlike Fear itself, the writing on Journey into Mystery is really the strength. You know, the way yeah. the characters talk and you know the the narration, it's just a fantastic book. It's it is kind of like a grim fairy tales comic book. Mm-hmm. The the way it, it was written, at least in the first first half of it, how it's written in caption. And so basically there's no talking for mo- a lot of this book. Mhm. It's just captions, and I and there, there's a scene. The scene that was worth the money was when Loki released Surtur. Yes, that, that whole scene was awesome. And it, it's kind of funny because the book is almost like an Asgardian Ocean's Eleven. Because you know it, it's been I guess about five six issues of Loki setting up this heist essentially that occurs in this issue, and it's it, it it had a great payoff. I mean, this was a fantastic book. And what's funny is issue six thirty comes out next week already. Holy Moses. Yeah, which uh, which I guess I'm thankful that it's coming out so soon because it seems like a fear itself epilogue wrap up. Yeah. yeah, so I'm ready to I'm ready to be done with fear itself. I'm ready to move on to new and original Journey into Mystery stories featuring young Loki because it's one of the few Marvel books I'm buying right now, and it's certainly the only Asgardian book I will be purchasing for the near yeah, future. Yeah, this was my book of the week, by the way. I loved it. I won't go that far, but it was very good. So was Red Hood and the Outlaws 2 your book of the week, Paul? No, but you know what? It was better than issue one. Tim, it uh, could be worse. <laughs> Tim and Tim made me buy this book because I was making I did. a Justice League number two. So that was our deal. And so I bought it, you know, featuring the team Scott Lubdell, Kenneth Roquefort. Uh, a lot of people hated on the first issue because Coriander Starfire was a, uh, a slutty orange uh, hooker or something like that. Because she was a caricature of a of a slut. She wasn't even a character. She had no actual personality other than a sex toy. Well, and I have to be honest, there's not much more to her than that in this issue either. <laughs> um, except that she doesn't have sex. It's but a little she, more. There's a little more, but she doesn't really do much in issue two. The focus no. is clearly on Red Hood with a little bit of arsenal thrown in there. But uh, I gotta, I gotta admit, I, I am not on board for issue three unless Tim makes me. But it actually was a better issue than issue one. I actually did enjoy reading this. So here's, here's the thing about this one. I think it's a decent story. I, the story about Talia bringing Jason Todd to these, uh, let's just call them Buddhist monks because I don't know what else to call them. Essentially. Yeah, to try to train his his rage or whatever kind of a neat story it's kind of like when they did the the red hood miniseries except it it seems a little more natural to me than him killing his trainers and all that stuff but because of the reboot it's hard for me to compensate that with the fact that so he goes to the buddhist monks and then he goes to gotham as a as a a raging wine baby yeah like i don't i don't know what i'm supposed to like ignore or take away you know because it's like if he went to these people and trained and finally he's still he's still angry but he's he's kind of got a little bit of control to him that's not the same story that we felt we had back when he came back in gotham that's a good point so it's it's a little hard for me to to make that connection it's a good story that because of the reboot i'm not i'm I'm a little confused about yeah well i gotta be honest none of the characters seem to be acting in character with what we've known of them previously because yeah, no. uh arsenal is just kind of like this goofy 
goofy redneck, essentially. And, uh, you know, we've already talked about Starfire. It's Again, it's not a bad book if you let go of your preconceived notions of how these characters should be written. But I, I'm just I, – I'm, I'm not enjoying it. What I think is most interesting is that Red Hood has a bat signal on his chest. <laughs> and, and, and they've not explained that. Like, is he part of Batman Incorporated now? Or, you know, like – I don't understand why he's wearing a bat symbol on his chest because that just seems, again, out of character for him. Might be doing to piss Bruce off. That's what I that that would make sense to me. You know, he's I thought about that, but it would be nice for that to be stated. Maybe it's coming because you know we've got like sixty characters with bat signals on their chest, all officially endorsed by Batman. You know, it would be nice to know: is this Batman Inc. or is this just him being a dick? He's maybe he's McDonald's instead of McDonald's. It's possible. That's what he's doing. <laughs> or McDon- you know what? Wait, McDonough's? What was the one in Coming to America? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so a but, lot of this book is told in flashbacks, because there's flashback scenes to you know how he figured out where what happened to his home and how he met these, these Buddhist monks and Grandma Monk or whatever her name is. What's her name? It doesn't matter. I don't know. Granny. So I enjoyed it. It goes, you know, Kenneth Rockerford, I don't remember his pencils anywhere because you know i I didn't really pay attention to artist names until i got on this podcast but uh it's pretty it's pretty sweet looking he was on uh velocity i don't know if you read velocity from top cow oh yeah yeah i did okay so yeah it's great art it's very dynamic and very interesting yeah no i'm still i'm I'm thinking about getting the next one because like i said it's a little hard for me to make the connection on the story with what happened in the red hood past but you're right paul i think if you if you take away that stuff and you just read it for you know for fun and you don't have any past connection with these characters i don't think it's a bad book yeah now okay so here's here will determine if i'm buying red hood and the outlaws number three are you buying justice league number three ah damn it Oh, I think so. Woohoo! All right, then I will buy Red Hood and the Outlaws number three. I now, think so. I'm just going to say this. When Jim Lee gets off this book, it's so am I. I'll, I'll say that much. And that's probably the case with a lot of people. Justice League number two came out this week. Jeff Johns, Jeff Lee, Jim Lee, Scott Williams, and I have one thing to say before we actually get into the review of the book. DC, you got to stop dicking around your customers because this was not a 30-page book. For it to be three ninety nine. Now at least we got twenty two pages this time. Last time we didn't even get a full twenty two. No, we got twenty in Action Comics. Here we we got twenty two, and again more filler at the back. And don't get me wrong, it's interesting filler, but I'd rather pay two ninety nine and not have the filler. Exactly. So just League number two. What'd you guys think, Wayne? Uh, actually, I have a question for you first, Paul. The Flash as he's portrayed in this book is that what flash was like in the the new 52 flash number one essentially yeah i'll be buying that to give it a shot then because that more than anything was what i took away from this issue flash was done really well it was a very cool character he looked he looked like he's effective they have a. They're actually using the speed in intelligent ways. The character's backstory of what's going on around him is interesting. I really enjoyed Flash in this. I said to the point that if this is how he's being written, I'm going to give Flash number one a try. Should I mean Flash number one was one of my favorites of the you know the first issues. It was a damn good book, and if you like the way he's portrayed in this book, that's very close in line yeah. with what he's doing in in his own title. He was the high point of the entire book for me reading through it. I mean, I could do without another Superman versus Green Lantern versus Batman versus, you know, every hero fighting each other story. But Flash was very good in it. Going back to the Superman versus Batman versus Green Lantern, 
I liked the way Superman was portrayed in this book. It's very different than how he's being portrayed in action comics and how he's being portrayed in the Superman book. But I, I enjoyed these the Superman stuff in this book, some gorgeous art. And I like the way Jim Lee draws that costume. Yeah, it doesn't look as bad as it does some other places. I've noticed the belt. He kind of downplays some of the things I don't like about it, some of the odd shapes to it. So his Superman looks very good. I did like Superman in this book, too. I mean, I enjoyed the book. It just... The story needs to go somewhere faster. If I'm paying three ninety nine an issue, I don't want twenty two pages of story that aren't really progressing very far. Now, what, one thing I do want to say on the character designs: I do not like the character design for Batman. I have decided I do not like the character design because it's essentially Batman with extra lines on his costume. <laughs> is, is essentially what it is. I mean, he's got like these lines on his on his torso that don't really make sense. I'm not sure what they're supposed to be. Yeah, they keep pressing that they're they're supposed to be armor or something. But we've seen in Catwoman number one that they didn't appear to be armor. No. So what's the point of them? You know, and and every artist draws them a little differently. You know, draws the costume a little differently. Some of them incorporate the lines as armor. Some of them incorporate it as folds. Some of them, you know, just. Draw it as lines on the costume. You know, and I don't care how much they tell me I'm supposed to. I just don't care about Victor Stone. Yeah. Nobody should care about Victor Stone. (laughs) He was cool in the Teen Titans cartoon. No comic version of him has ever had the personality that that cartoon one had. Now, I I will have to say, the Victor Stone conversation with his dad was an interesting scene. Where he's like, Dad, are you ever going to show up to one of my football games? And his dad's like, no. No, I'm just not going to. You know what my favorite part of that conversation was, Paul? As Jeff Johns threw out a little a little pop to uh, his his former school in mine, Michigan State. That was hot. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Tim, what'd you think of the book? It was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> beyond beyond that, I don't know. It was it was okay. It moved a little faster than the last issue did. You know, now we've got the Flash tied in and Superman's tied in to the point where he's not going to jack somebody in the face anymore. I don't think. So Which, I, you know, okay I thought the jacking people in the face was fair. I mean, Green Lantern shows oh, yeah. up and attacks him. He has every right to start jacking people in the face. Oh, yeah. And Green Lantern got his shot in, by the way. He he did get he did get he did get his return volley. What That's I thought was good. interesting is that the Flash took down Superman, you know, momentarily. But when he, you know, the Flash first showed up, I mean, he pounded Superman, and that was interesting. Yeah, the Flash was awesome. I mean, he he caught Superman off guard, and this is a weaker Superman than the modern Superman will be because it's five years ago, and they keep. You know, they keep indicating that his powers have been growing all of this time. I like how Superman actually finally took Flash down. And, you know, Flash wasn't had never dealt with anyone that had the speed of Superman before. So it caught him off guard. I mean, Which that that was an interesting fight. That doesn't make sense to me, though, because didn't he fight Zoom? Didn't he fight somebody that was just as fast well, as him? Maybe this is five years in the past, though. Oh, yeah. Because so. he talks about he's never been touched. No one ever touches him. If he had fought another super speeder already, he would have already been, been touched. Oh, poor Flash. Never been touched. <laughs> but no, it, you're right. It's a pretty book. I, I don't think there's much story yet for me to latch on to. But it, it's a fun book. I mean, it, it, it doesn't need to be deep. And it's certainly not. It's just a fun, well-drawn book so far. It was effective for me because it showcased the new Flash. And like I said, it's, I just was amazed by what I was reading on the page with this Flash. And I'm, I'm going to go out and pick up Flash number one probably this weekend. And if it's out, I'm not sure how, if Flash has had a number two yet. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Flash if he's being done this well elsewhere. Right. I, am, I am intrigued by next issue because, like I said... I haven't I haven't liked Wonder Woman in the New 52. I want to read what uh, this one's going to be like. 
Yeah, which is sad because Wonder Woman issue two came out this week and I and I enjoyed it, but I know you guys are not on board. I will have to discuss that with Aaron when he returns from his fishing trip. <laughs> you you do that, Paul. Now, Batman number two came out this week from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. I know you guys had some issues with the art on the first issue, and Tim did not continue with this series, but Wayne bought issue two with me. Wayne, what'd you think? I had no issues with the art this time. Yeah, well, they, they didn't. he didn't draw any of the Robins. <laughs> no, he I did mean, draw Nightwing, I guess. Well, there's also, I think there's more scenes with Batman. I, I guess maybe not. There is a lot of just Bruce and uh, what is that other guy's name? I don't know. He did different things with the hair even more, and he kind of adjusted the face, though. So they don't look as much like the exact same person. Lincoln Munch. That's his name. They still have a very, very strong similarity, but they don't look nearly as much like the same people. Yeah, what I like uh, is that Bruce is drawn smaller than Lincoln March. Like he, like yeah. Lincoln March is a taller guy than Bruce. I absolutely love this issue, though. Yeah, I would say this is my book of the week. I enjoyed the hell out of this issue. It was extremely well written. Yeah, I like the history of Gotham that we're getting on Wayne Tower. I like how they're tying him more into his his previous family. I like that they didn't go where I was afraid they would with issue one. You know, they had ended at issue one with them finding Dick Grayson's DNA under the dead body. And I was afraid this was going to be a whole storyline of Batman trying to figure out, did Dick Grayson really do that? And right away, they just dropped that, that that's not going to be the case. Batman knows that Dick Grayson didn't do it. Yeah, and he knows it because he already investigated and came up with the evidence. Exactly. I thought that was really interesting because I expected that to, to go further, too. And then Dick Grayson shows up and he's like, oh, is that the guy who had my DNA under his fingernails? I, like there's this trust between those characters. You know, you don't see Batman not talking to Dick and, you know, all that stuff. I just thought that was really well done. Like and I love the conversation of, uh, you know, would you like me to take my glove off and show you the scar? There's no need for that. Oh, you already checked the surveillance footage, didn't you? You know me. Of course I did. Yeah. I mean, it's paraphrasing the conversation, but that's essentially what the conversation was. And I really like that. It's a matter of he trusts him, but he's going to verify. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there were some dynamite ideas in this book. Like Batman uses a uh, a security camera. Like he installs something in a security camera, so he doesn't actually have to show up at the morgue. He, he installs this like thing in the security camera that scans the the bodies in the morgue, and so he can do his you know, virtual autopsy from the cave instead of having to sneak into the police headquarters. I've noticed each of the Batman books seems to have a different focus and a different feel. Batman itself seems to be the title that's focusing a lot on his technology because we saw the contact lens connection to the computer before. And now we're seeing the scanners and things like that. This is going to be the book where we see all of his really cool gadgets, I think. Yeah. Well, not just the technology, but the city itself, too. You know, yeah. And there's this opening scene where Batman man is chasing down a, a helicopter on a motorcycle that's just awesome just really well done yeah all of my concerns from the first issue i didn't have any of that this issue the art was a lot was far more consistent than it was that first issue uh dick grayson's face looks much better than it did in the first issue i mean he's wearing the the mask so that might be part of it he doesn't look so ridiculously shorter than than bruce when he's standing next to him yeah um, the panels, both in costume and without, were much better art-wise. And the story, every concern I had for the story went away. So I was very, very happy with this issue. So on for issue three? Definitely. Now, the book that I am on the fence about and I have been dying to talk to you about is uh, Post- Post-Coitus Batman, or uh, <laughs> as it's called on the shelves, Catwoman number two. I went on and on about how much I love that first issue. Mm-hmm. 
this issue, the first half of it just did not have me hooked at all. And then about halfway through, I was hooked again. I enjoyed how this ended. I enjoyed seeing that Bruce instantly knew who she was, even when she's in disguise, that he can just tell. I have no idea if this uh, Bone guy is someone new or if he was an existing character I'm just not familiar with. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him. But yeah, I was hooked again about halfway through the book. What's interesting is um, the fans were all up in arms because Batman and Catwoman had sex in the first issue. And they're like, let's rub it in your face a little bit because they have more sex at the beginning of this issue. And apparently uh, Batman talks dirty while having sex because <laughs> they, they say, you know, I'm not trying to be crude, but it plays out like a bar fight. Bodies get hurled around. Things get broken. <laughs> some pretty filthy language is uttered. Does he, get, does he, does he use, does he use the, the voice from the Dark Knight and go around their cages? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's possible. Oh, they really were filthy funny. words. She just didn't, couldn't understand what they were, so she assumed that. That's true. He was really saying a little to the left, a little to the right. <laughs> so it. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Apparently, not only does he have premature ejaculation, he likes to dirty talk in bed too. So yeah, right. Once that once that scene ended, it, you know, it was it was kind of boring until Bruce Wayne showed up basically yeah. is when the book got interesting again i don't know like i enjoyed it i just don't know if i'm on for issue three i'm definitely on for issue three like i said the first half of it i didn't think was very good and it it hooked me again when bruce showed up i'm curious how they're going to deal with this new villain if he is a new villain if he's an existing villain what his story is because i liked seeing catwoman caught off guard she seems to have been very good all of this time after having her apartment busted we see this perfect operation that she runs only to get home and find her best friend dead. Yeah. And then she just gets beaten, beaten to a bloody pulp. Uh, it's it's an interesting book. I just don't know. I don't know if there's enough there to hook me for another issue, especially since, you know, my whole goal is to to cut out some of the books because out of the 52 issue ones, I think I bought 30 issue twos or I am buying 30 issue twos. So I'm trying to trying to cut that down to a more reasonable on a monthly basis number and catwoman like i said was good i just don't know if it was good enough you know i've been doing the same thing trying to cut and i was sure that supergirl would be my next title to cut until this issue yeah well and so again this one was on the fence for me with issue one issue two came out this week from michael green mike johnson art by mahmoud asrar featuring basically a, a big, long battle between Kara Zor-El and Kal-El. So if you remember, I complained about Supergirl number one not feeling like anything happened. Like there was no story. We got no personality. It didn't re- feel like a good issue number one. This issue two could have been issue one as far as I'm concerned. I don't think they needed to tell anything that they told in issue one. It was all about building up to that cliffhanger of Superman showing up. Issue number two, we got story. We got interaction we got history we got a big superhero fight this should have been issue number one i would have been hooked from the beginning if this were one so what was the fight about did did superman tell her that she couldn't kiss boys and then she freaked out well this is kara as as she first arrives on earth and superman shows up and he's like hey i'm your cousin now keep in mind that according as far as kara's memory is concerned three days ago kal-el was a baby that she was babysitting and now he's older than her so she uh she freaks out a little bit yeah say why are you lying and just starts pounding on him and he's trying to talk to her but she basically her powers keep kicking in so she's punching him and suddenly she sees right through him and then sees through her hands and freaking out and it's basically she's throwing a temper tantrum because she doesn't know what's going on 
we actually get personality throughout this, through the flashbacks, the temper tantrum, and then when she realizes that this fight is actually hurting people, you know, when they, when she looks up and she sees people and sees this is their home and I'm just busting holes through it, she stops. That tells me a lot about her personality that we didn't get any of in the first issue. Mm-hmm. You know, she is going to be a superhero because she's actually at her heart a good person. The previous Supergirl, you know, before the reboot, in the beginning, she wasn't really super heroic at all. I think this is going to be a more interesting Supergirl to me than that one was. I mean, I read a lot of those issues, but I said I I enjoyed this more than I expected to. I'm on board for issue three, and I wish this would have been issue one because I would have been hooked from the beginning. Yeah. Now, I did not pick up uh, Superboy last week, but um, I picked it up this week. And I have to say, I enjoyed both Superboy and Supergirl uh, more than I enjoyed Superman. I, I don't know if I'm going to stick on Superman going forward. Uh, I will stick on Action Comics. But I'm, I'm on board for Supergirl and Superboy for another issue. Would you get Super Tween? Maybe. <laughs> Would you get that That's one? essentially what Supergirl is. Yeah. She's like, I want to see the new Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna watch Hannah Montana. Huh? <laughs> now, uh, Green Lantern Corps, number two, came out this week. Pete Tomasi, Fernando Persarin, and, you know, Tim hasn't read a book and, you know, hasn't talked in, in a little bit so tim what'd you think of green lantern core number two boy I, I got a lot of mixed feelings about this one yeah right i know i i i think it's an interesting tale about these these ninja or whatever these guys are that are trying to rebuild their world basically you get the impression mm-hmm. and they have this mad on about the green lanterns too so it leads me to believe that the green lanterns somehow whether they were trying to save that world or there was a fight and I get the feeling that they're the ones that caused it, so these ninjas have no problems trying to F these people up while they're trying to fix their world. It was probably the Guardians, because if something bad happens in the universe, it's somehow the Guardians' fault. They are a bunch of dicks. True. Little dicks. They, yeah, they are a big bag of blue dicks. But, you know, there's some good moments or some bad moments. Like, I, I kind of got the impression that maybe we're supposed to connect a little bit more with these other ones, these other guys that they brought out. These are the guys you're going to see for a six-issue arc. Mm-hmm. And then one of the ones that they kind of showcase they, at the end, they they cut them up into a into a corpse, basically. I'm like, okay, that's that's par for the course when you start showing new Green Lanterns, I guess. But yeah, uh, you know, I I have very mixed feelings about this book with you. I got to be honest. You know, I enjoyed the first issue. I thought I'd just be on board for it because I was like, you know, I'm, it's Green Lantern Corps, it's Pizza Masi. I'm just going to buy it. I know it's going to be good. And, and I got to be honest, the book was kind of poorly written. You know, there, there's a scene. You know, the the Green Lanterns discover the bodies of some of the core and they're like oh we're just, we're gonna you know we will search the galaxy to, to to you know to get our vengeance essentially and in the next panel the green lantern ring says oh we've located them like the, like there wasn't really a search it was just oh i will search the galaxy to avenge your death and they're right there anyway it, it just didn't feel it just felt very convenient i don't know i just the, like I, I i read the issue twice because it just felt like it was missing something it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me yeah. You know, it kept jumping like it jumped to this to this other scene, like this ominous villain scene, and all of a sudden the Green Lanterns are on another planet and they've already found the villains and they've already blocked off the the pathway or something like that. It just I felt like I was getting half of the story. You know what, you know what was it was cre- missing? It was missing either uh, Sinestro or Kyle. The things making the other Green Lantern books good. No, go away, Wayne. No, you know what was creepy about that opening scene? Is that they show all this reverence to their Green Lantern buddies as they're standing on this pile of like walrus people corpses? 
Yeah. Oh, and then <laughs> and then they're like, what's weird is, you know, they're like, well, what should we do? Oh, let's just leave the bodies here as a warning. It's like, who are you warning? You didn't kill anybody. Uh, that was just a very interesting, like, we're going to leave this planet of dead bodies here and not do anything with it. Eh, they're just walrus people. Who cares about walrus people? No, I thought, I thought the one character had a, had, a, had, a, had a neat comment about, we're going to find the people that did it, and we're going to make them take care of this mess. Well, yeah, and then they're like, and then the ring says, locate it. <laughs> right, that's true. It's like, it didn't feel earned. Yeah, right here. How about we find them first before we start dreaming up ways to get our revenge? And then, same panel, energy signature detected. It's like, oh, we already found them. Let's go kick their ass. I mean, that's literally from one panel to the mm-hmm. next. That's true. But, you know, the fight scene, like those scenes between those ninja guys and John and Guy, where the ninjas are showing that they're able to re- to have a severe resistance to the, the Green Lantern to the point where they grab the, their fists. That was kind of cool, I thought. I mean, it, it had like, some good ideas. I just, I, I got to be honest, I am not on board for issue three. Like I said, I am actively looking for titles to drop, and this title, uh, this title is getting dropped. I will say it's still pretty, though. It is, but you know what? There are at least one there other are. Green Lantern. There is at least one other Green Lantern book that I enjoy more than this, really? and uh, I, I, I like Green Lantern, the actual Green Lantern book. Now, New Warriors, the debate's still out on. I'll give it issue two, but I, I am, uh, I'm off this one. Yeah, I loved both of the other Green Lantern books, New Guardians and Green Lantern. Green Lantern was so good this month. Yeah, this was an easy drop for me out of the three titles. The other two were just so much better. I'm sad to hear that because this no, is New- the one. I stuck. With. New Guardians could fall apart. I may end up dropping it too. At least regular Green Lantern is really good. Yeah. You're missing out, then. No. <sighs> so next week, I am requesting a favor of you guys. Uh oh. Because it, it is it is not a book that we get for free on the press list, but it's only a dollar. Uh, Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso, the team who did uh, Batman: Night of Vengeance, that miniseries that all of us. I don't, I don't think Tim read it, but we really loved. Have their new book, Spaceman, coming out next week. And the first issue is only a buck. Spaceman? Spaceman. Really? Not like Spaceman. Not like Superman <laughs> Spaceman. More like, you know, Spaceman. What's the – who's who's putting the book out? Vertigo. My shop should have that one then. I'll tell you what, Paul. If I see it, I'll pick it up. For but a shiny there, dollar. But there's no guarantee that it would be at my store. True. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. If uh, if it's at my store, I'll pick it up. I'm not going to do my multi-store hunt for it, but if it's there, I'll pick it up and I'll give it a try. All right. Well, hopefully it'll be there. That's your that's your pick, by the way. So you yeah. need to tell Aaron he's picking that book up. I will tell him. I'm sure he would be okay with it. This is and, a big Marvel week, though. By the way. Oh yeah. Next God. week, uh, you know, not only is it a big DC, next week is a big ass week. You got Aquaman. You got the conclusion of Spider Island, uh, and of course, you know, you even IDW is putting out some interesting stuff next week because I got Star Trek number two and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three. Next is, week is, is a big Marvel week. I'm buying two Marvel books. <laughs> that, that's kind of big for Marvel nowadays. I yeah. mean, actually, I'll probably pick up Hulk number one. There too, we so. go. Oh, That'll be right. three Marvel books. I was telling Tim before the podcast, issue four of Incredible Hulk already has a fill-in artist. Just saying. No, no. I was telling Wayne. That's right. Wayne and I were talking about it. God, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Stupid what also kind of sucks about this this coming up week is a lot of the Marvel books are still doing Fear itself tie-ins for one final issue. Yeah. I see three or four that are listed that are still Fear itself tie-ins, even though Fear itself is over. Fear itself is never going to end, Wayne. Never. 
But this podcast will. <laughs> right here, right now. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.